Okay, everyone, welcome back to another episode of Strip by Sia, your podcast for strippers, sex workers, and all the fancy naked people in between. I am your host, Steph Sia, aka Kimchi, on stage. At the time of recording, we just got the news that clubs can reopen again. Yay! So hopefully you can find me on a stage. Um, if you're in Vancouver, come say hello. If not, I'm also an OnlyFans. I'm a digital content creator there, a former sugar baby, and a person on the internet. So I do a lot of things, and this podcast being one of them. So, And also sex work, advocacy, and activism is something I'm really, really passionate about. And something that I started a couple years ago because I thought it was really important to share the stories of sex workers in all different capacities to help destigmatize the work. And for this week's episode, I'm really excited because we're going way back. We're going back to the era of peep shows. And this is an episode I have been dying to record because I think the history behind peep shows is just so fascinating, but I haven't found anyone that I know of or in my circles that have worked in peep shows because at least in the North American context, they're pretty much mostly, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, they're mostly defunct now. They're a bit extinct. You know, I haven't seen one of them in a long time. So I am thrilled to have connected with this week's guest who goes by the name of Sunshine McWade. And we connected recently in one of our sex worker groups and she had posed a question of something along the lines of like are there any more peep shows around or any more peep show venues around and then we got to talking because she's like oh i used to work at the lusty lady which is a really famous venue uh which we'll get into that later that was here in seattle and also in san francisco but again i am just really really thrilled and excited to have sunshine on and i just want to check that she's still there sunshine are you there you're here (laughs) yay oh i'm so glad to have you on the show this week thank you so much again for taking time out of your day to come speak with me on the topic of peep shows I'm I'm so excited to bring you on and I know we connected quite recently so I've just done a little bit of research um I mean I've done my own research on the topic but I don't know a whole lot about you except for one that you work used to work at the lusty lady in those peep show venues but also uh you also have an OnlyFans account too so it sounds like you're still in sex work but let me know how that introduction was. I mean, I'd rather just switch it over to you for you to give yourself your own introduction in your own words. And go ahead. <laughs> okay. Uh, where, do I, where do I start? Where do I go? So um, I worked at six peep shows. Oh, wow. Total. Oh, my gosh. Um, wow. The last, as far as I know, all the ones I worked at have closed. The last one that closed... I was there the last day. It was here in L.A. It was called Venus Fair. Oh, wow. It was a peep show. They just had peep show booths. They didn't really have, like, a stage. I mean, Mm. that's a different thing. But, like, it closed 2019. Yeah. I think December. Yeah. Or, yeah, 2019, right before Corona Apocalypse. The Corona Apocalypse. (laughs) I like that. It's a new one I haven't heard on the podcast yet, but... Yeah, so it closed right before all of this pandemic stuff happened. Yeah, like that new law that they were uh, making for the strip clubs here, mm-hmm. where it's like in California, you have to pay the girls an hourly wage. Right. And then I guess the strip club managers got upset, like, how dare you tell me I have to treat these girls like people, employees? Oh, I'm not paying them an hourly wage. Right. So, like, all these strip club managers were trying to. I don't know, work around it. Like, mm. like I went to a strip club here. I auditioned Paradise. And they told me the first $80 I make that day, they're going to keep it. Oh, what? And then they'll cut me a check at the end. I mean, just weird stuff. Yeah. So the last peep show here in LA, Venus Fair, for a long time, they were trying to work around it and say, we're not actually a strip club. Mm. We're a peep show. But they still said, you have to pay that hourly wage. Wow. And they're like, okay, we're going to shut there's no way we're gonna wow end of an era yeah because yeah even uh, even 2019 is still pretty recent like 
Um, I'm yeah. here based in Vancouver, Canada, so I'm just above Seattle, and I haven't seen any peep show venues in a long time. Like, they used to be peppered all over um, our main entertainment area, which is called Granville Street, um, right downtown, and we used to have even, like, a, a pornography theater as well, but that closed down, like, some years ago as well, and I just feel like, whatever happened to the peep show? Like, that just... I haven't heard about that in so long, and it's just something that has just, I guess, gone with the times, but we're definitely going to get into all of that later on today, so I, I'm really, really curious to to see what your origins were, because, again, I, I didn't know you worked at six, so this is really cool. I'm, I'm curious to hear about how the different venues they operated, um, and, and as you said, too, like there's ones with main stages, there's ones with just private booths and stuff. And we'll get into the logistics of everything later on. But like, I really want to hear your origin story in terms of like how you got started into sex work. Oh, I, I don't know. My very first place was the Lusty Lady in Seattle. Mm -hmm. I, I worked there 2006 to 2010. And, um, uh, I, I don't know exactly how, I mean, I know I auditioned there and yeah. I know I was super nervous, Yes. <laughs> but I don't, I don't know what compelled me to do it. I think I tried to audition at another strip club mm -hmm. in Seattle called Sands and they didn't take me. Mm. Mm. So the lessee lady I don't know. I auditioned and she did hire me. Yay. Yeah, she did because that was like one of the greatest things that happened to me. Oh, I, <laughs> and, I love hearing that. That's so nice. Yeah. Like, like <laughs> seriously, 10 years later, like I'm going to go to New York on June 21st mm -hmm. and I'm for a month and I'm going to see two Leslie ladies that I knew in Seattle. Oh, wow. And when I went to Seattle this a month ago, I saw like two or three other super old Leslie ladies from the lady that wrote the book, The Lusty Lady. Erica Lindley? I mean, I just feel oh, like, cool. I don't know, even, it's years and years later, but The Lusty Lady still kind of, I don't know, saving my life? Or, yeah. I don't know, like, just a big part of Of your life, me. for sure. Like, its yeah. legacy has obviously lived on in, in, your, in your world, for sure. So, that's so cool. Like, I'm just curious, like, um, because you had auditioned at other strip clubs before, was sex, was sex work something that was brand new to you or did you have like a calling or you're like, I'm just going to try it out and see how it goes or were you already in sex work before you auditioned or like what's the story there? No, that's a good question. I, mm -hmm. I was doing nothing in the sex industry until I started working at the Leslie Lady in Seattle. Oh, wow. I, I, was, I was pretty old for a baby stripper. Mm. actually because I was 24 got, <laughs> I mean normally they want you as young as you can be you yeah know, 18 but yeah I did basically nothing in the sex industry before I started dancing at the Lusty Lady and the Lusty Lady was like my introduction to everything oh wow like I'd never when I first started dancing at the Lusty Lady I remember the first time I heard the word polyamory or polyamorous like the other girls at the lusty lady said it and i was like i i took a bunch of like spanish classes and i don't know i thought poly is many right yeah but that's not spanish i guess it's greek i figured <laughs> it out but that was the first time i ever heard that word was at the lusty lady oh wow so and then okay you know later on i learned about sugar babies yes. i don't know if i even learned that at the lusty lady and see, I mean, the Lusty Lady was my intro to everything. Wow. Basically. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, that's great. I mean, I think it's a, a great place to start for sure. And I was going to ask you, I was going to ask, like, your audition process. What was that like? Because you said you're a bit nervous, which I think is, like, you know, natural for us to feel, especially if, if you've never gone into sex work before. Can you take me down memory lane and, and try to recite what was going through your mind that day or how you felt? Well, I think it's, uh, can you hear me? Yeah, yeah, you're good. So, okay, the way that Deborah was the manager okay. of the Seattle Rusty Lady, 
and the San Francisco one was unionized and it was super different and the Seattle one wasn't but they had some basic common things in common they paid an hourly wage to dance on stage you know but um so yeah Deborah said it's like a three-step process you know Mm -hmm. um so first you come in and you fill out an application Mm -hmm. and um then the second time you come in she takes you into one of the booths the big booth Mm -hmm. it's a two-way and she lets you watch the show she just puts some quarters in and she explains stuff right like she said okay so you see this girl dancing for this window right here okay she she has her butt in the window you know or she's spread eagle but you see she's not touching her vagina right you're not supposed mm. to touch the inflavia. She's like saying this. And then she's like, okay, you see this other girl? She has something like that's keeping her midriff warm. But I mean, she has her boobs and her butt, everything. You have to be naked. Right. If you have any kind of a costume, it's for decoration, but you can't be covered up. It's a live stage nude show. Right. You need to be live and nude. <laughs> yeah. She's preferred and that's it. Like, <laughs> and so she shows you the show. She explains some things. I specifically remember, I I thought it was great, or maybe I was just shocked. I don't know. I had a blank face on my face, and uh, Deborah was like, are you okay? And I was like, oh, I'm fine. I'm fine. Then I felt, oh, my God, something should be wrong, you know, because she said, are you okay? I, I thought I was just staring at the show. I don't know. Maybe I was just mesmerized by the nudity. Yeah, <laughs> totally. So then, sorry, go ahead. No, 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 you go ahead. So then after she shows you the live stage show and um, she explains some things on the show and how it, you know, don't do this or, you know, whatever. And then afterwards she takes you into the office and she's like, okay, the third step, you come back again and you audition. Do you want to do that? And I was like, okay, um, what do I do? And she said, buy some heels, but don't wear them because you wear them on stage. You're not supposed to wear them out anywhere else. You keep the floor. Right. Yeah. <laughs> You're supposed to keep the floor, the dance floor clean, you know? Yeah, yeah. So I keep the receipt just in case you don't get hired. I said, okay. So I had no idea what to buy. I did not buy stripper shoes. Oh, I just my bought gosh. some, like, Black heels. Like regular heels, okay. Handle <laughs> yeah. heels or whatever. Look fine. Yeah. Like the customers are really looking at your shoes. You yeah, know? they're not looking at your shoes. They're not paying attention to that. <laughs> so, um, yeah, unless it's a foot fetish guy, I guess. But, That's um, true. <laughs> so I went back and I auditioned. I think she gave me like a week later, and I was I was just nervous the whole time. Like, And I went on stage like, okay, I'm just – I, I put a bunch of makeup on and I said, I'm just going to smile and do this. And I went on stage and I, I guess I was so nervous. I was dancing really fast. Mm, yes. So I was getting really overheated and I was kind of sweaty. And then she eventually pulled me off stage. Like, you know, I think you did really good. Um, you, you smiled at the customer. So that's good. That was one of the things she always talked about. Like, Mm-hmm. I guess you, you always want to make, and I, I think about this still, even if I'm dancing at a strip club, mm-hmm. you think you always want to make the the sexy faces, but honestly, when you're smiling, I think the guys think you're more, I don't know, welcoming. They're more, yeah. they're more happy about smiling face than the sexy face. Totally. And like, you but, can really connect with the audience that way too, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. So she said, there's some things I hope you'll grow out of. Oh, did she? What, what did she mean? Yeah, I'm going to hire you. Oh, good, good, And good. then she said, have you thought about a name? And I thought of all these different names. I was taking a bunch of Spanish classes. So I was like, oh, I want a nice, pretty Spanish name, blah, blah, blah. It's like, no, no, no. I think you should just drop your name to Shine. And mm-hmm. I was like, Shine? But that's my real name. Isn't that? And she's like, no, the, the customers are never going to know. And she said, I think you kind of shine on stage. And wow. I was like, okay. So the whole time I was at the Leslie Lady in Seattle, my stage name was Shine. Okay. And I never had it again. But <laughs> wow. I don't know. It was great. Wow. But some dancers would say, I think it's awesome because you don't try to have a persona on stage. You're just yourself on stage. So you really are like Shine. 
Totally. <laughs> That's so different too, because like, as you, as you know, and also for safety reasons or, and like anonymity and stuff too. Um, like I never hear of anyone really using their, their real name or at least a part of their real name um, in their stage names. But I feel like nowadays more and more sex workers are getting, at least not sex workers. I mean, more so for dancers, I would say, at least in the North American and especially Canadian Vancouver specific, like where I am, a lot of us are using um, or displaying our real names now, which is really interesting. I'm not sure if that's just specific to where we currently are geographically, but that's just like an observation that I've had, I've noticed well, in the past couple of years. But one thing I can't say, I, I danced in Guam for eight months. Oh, cool. And for whatever reason, in Guam, the manager said, just use your real name, Sunshine. Mm. And, um, I noticed that a lot of dancers in Guam would use their real name. And it's not always like, oh, I got lucky. I was born with this stage name. But I mean, yeah. like a girl named Mandy. It's like, I'm going to dance by Mandy. You know? Yeah. And that was very, very common in Guam. Right. I, I thought the reason was because in Guam, it's expected you're like, you're supposed to be an entertainer all the time. Yeah. Like, even when you're not at work, if you see guys, you're they're like, who are you? Where are you? Where do you work? And you're always supposed to say, I work at G-Spot. You should come see me sometime. So right. I thought that was the reason why they were using their real names. Maybe. Name. That's really interesting, too. Thank you so much for sharing that. That's, again, another observation that we've had. So, again, it's not unique to Vancouver. So. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, I believe Vancouver. I, I, Maybe Vancouver and Guam only are. <laughs> I have no idea. <laughs> but going back to um, your audition process and stuff too, like, was that your first time ever like st- stepping foot in in a peep show environment um, or even like a strip club? Uh, um, well, like I said, right before I went to Lassie Lady, I tried to audition at Sands. Mm-hmm. That was a strip club. Yeah. They just weren't very welcoming. Like the first time I was like, okay, well, can I just see the show? I, I just would like to see if I want to work here. <laughs> and they're like, no, 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 you're going to come in here and watch the show. You need to be with a male companion. I was right. like, okay, I'm sorry. So then I just had to audition. Wow. And, um, oh no, they just didn't pick me. Mm. I, I remember originally I'm from North Carolina and I'm from kind of a really small, like country bumpkin town. <laughs> so I remember once when I was like 15 going through a strip club. Mm-hmm. I mean, they shouldn't have let me in, but I was a girl. <laughs> right. And and I never looked my age. Like when I was like 14, I had like 24-year-old guys hitting on me. So I guess they thought I was an adult and they're like, well, who's going to kick out a girl? And they let me in. True, true. And then I think I, one more time when I was like 17, I went to, there's only two strip clubs in my hometown. It's mm-hmm. not a big place. But oh. so, yeah, I just... I didn't go very often. Yeah. Like, I think once when I was 15, once when I was 17, once when I was 19, I auditioned at Sands. Then I went to the last two lady in Seattle and I got hired. There you go. And that brings us right back here to peep shows. So, like, I'm, I'm interested in hearing, in your own words, um, what the difference is between a peep show and, say, like, a traditional strip club would be. Because there's definitely some differences. And there's even differences between the different kinds of venues um, in terms of peep shows as well. So as I mentioned really briefly in the beginning of the show, there's peep shows that have like a main stage, you know, booths are set up around a, a main stage where there's like an entertainer in the middle. Um, they'll have like a strip tease or some kind of like sexually explicit type of movement. Um, there's also a VIP and like private pleasure booths as well. So Again, like booths set up in a similar fashion, but with space just for like one patron separated by glass um, with the room to tip, which is really interesting. And sidebar here, I'm like, is, is that where lap dances are going to go nowadays with COVID? I mean, I don't even know if lap dances are going to continue, but that's another topic for another day. <laughs> and <there's, laughs> yeah, like I mean, that's just like, well, like. I feel like peep shows would have it's been so great. great. Talk about it forever. Right? <laughs> I feel like peep shows could have thrived during the pandemic since it's all like, I, well, those pater- those particular ones are isolated, right? So Yeah, I've heard so many people 
make that that argument that oh peep shows are going to come back or let's see if we can make them come back yeah and um i i really wish that they could mm-hmm. i think if someone has enough money and enough heart they could right but one of the big things is i think it costs a lot more to make a peep show stage and mm-hmm. to make peep show booths than it does a strip club right i think with the strip club you just you make a stage and you put a pole on it and then lap dancing booths can be almost anything. Mm-hmm. I've seen them be little pouches. Yeah. You know. Chairs. Little curtains. Yeah. I've seen them be little closets. I don't know. Yeah. Closets. But, um, <laughs> That's a good way of putting it. <laughs> when, when I was in Guam, you know, I had so much fun in Guam, but, you know, the, the lap dancing was almost dangerous. They put you in these little closets and you close the door and it's like almost pitch black and... Oh my god! I don't know. Yeah, but that's that's another day, right? <laughs> so um, the basic layout at the Lusty Lady in Seattle and San Francisco, and then also when I was in Vegas, I danced at Showgirl Video. Oh, cool! They have a stage, and they have twelve booths around the stage. Okay. And so. Potentially, at any given time, you're having, like, 12 customers watching you, maybe. Right. At the Lusty Lady in Seattle and San Francisco, they'd have anywhere from, like, two girls to, like, five. Oh, wow. You know, five would be, like, on a Friday or Saturday night. Mm-hmm. And I guess at the San Francisco uh, Lusty Lady, they called that stacked, which mm. means you're have a full stage of five girls right towards the end they got rid of that at the seattle lessee lady because we just weren't getting enough customers but when i first started in 2006 friday and saturday night you have five girls 10 o'clock in the morning you have two girls okay and the girls are on stage and everybody gets a 10 minute break Mm -hmm. so like if you have two girls on stage there's one girl that's on a 10 minute break Right. And then she comes back after 10 minutes and the next girl goes on a 10 minute break. And then she comes back after 10 minutes and then the next girl goes on a 10 minute break. Right. So that way each girl's getting a 10 minute break, like every hour or half hours. Yeah. Like how long were the shifts there? Like if you're starting at 10 o'clock in the morning, for example, like how, how, like what time do you end? Yeah. Um, exactly. The dance shifts were really short. Oh. And Seattle Lusty Lady and San Francisco Lusty Lady. Like, I would dance three to five hours. Mm. And then you'd have a booth attached if you did the private pleasures booth. Right. Which I guess a private pleasures booth is like a, a peep show version of a lap dance, I guess. Yeah, yeah, totally. <laughs> right. Either way, you're still behind glass. You know, mm-hmm. at the Seattle Leslie Lady and the San Francisco Leslie Lady, you're paid an hourly wage to dance on stage, mm-hmm. and the, the customers can't give you tips. There's no tip slot or anything. Mm. And then when I went to some other surviving peep shows, if they had a stage, there was always tip slots because they don't pay the girl. Oh. Like Showgirl Video was ran almost more like a like a strip club. Oh, I see. You know, was technically a peep show. Yeah. But you'd be relying but, um, more so on tips in, in that fashion. Yeah. So it's very competitive, just like a strip club is. Right. You know, there was tip slots in the showgirl video. And and showgirl video, there's only one girl at a stage on time. Every 10 minutes, one girl's on stage. Oh. And uh, the other girls are taking a break. Right. So, yeah. So, like, I'd have a three to five hour shift at the Leslie Lady. Mm-hmm. And then booths attached. Uh, the, right. This was at the Seattle Lusty Lady, and the the booth is like an hour long. Oh, wow! And they, yeah, it's basically just to do private shows. Yeah, I mean the customers still can't touch you; it's behind glass. Yeah, but you're in a window exposed to the hallway, and so customers can walk by, and then a customer sees you, and he's like, "Oh, I want that girl." So then he goes into the booth, he closes the window put some money in and you start a private show um so in the private pleasures booth i guess the sky was the limit how much money you can make yeah depending on what you do or what you don't do 
and also the customers were just so cheap. You know, <laughs> it's like the McDonald's of the sex industry almost. So okay, like when I first started at the Lusty Lady in Seattle, you could get a private pleasure show for five dollars. What? And how? So, we, yeah, that's I, it crazy. Was, it was god awful. Oh my god! But, like, yeah. when they pay twenty dollars, basically that's a masturbation show. Right. Okay. So, so I guess depending on how much money they would say put into the slot, that would give them a different type of show. So five dollars is more. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Sure. Can you elaborate on that a little bit? Uh. Yeah. So the most expensive show in the house was probably an anal show, mm. and uh, of course that's like, well, that was like I'd say maybe sixty dollars or something, but. Of course, the guys are cheap, so they pay like $20, $40, and they say, put your finger in your booty. And I'm like, I stop barking orders at me. Yeah. I haven't paid for that show. Yeah. And um, the girls get to make their own rules. Okay. There's no, there's no law saying you have to do an anal show in the private pleasures booth. You know what I mean? Right. And so if the customer just puts $60 in and doesn't tell you what he wants, and he's like, well, you do anal. And she's like, I don't do anal shows. You didn't ask about that. You just see dollars in, you know? Yeah. I'll do a masturbation show, you know, but like maybe they might ask for the money back, but they're not going to get it. <laughs> they yeah. Put it in the thing. No, there's no refund. So, Sorry. Final sale. <laughs> yeah, I'll sell the final. And no, like, stupidity refund thing, you know? <laughs> yeah. And, um, <laughs> So the basic masturbation show started at twenty dollars, mm-hmm. but again, for girls in, in Seattle, SLA, they wouldn't even masturbate. So I mean, mm-hmm. you are. What, how how should I say? It? You own your own show. Yeah. And let the guys tell you what you have to do or something, you know. Yeah, that's really cool. So, that's that's nice that you have yeah. the agency at least. Yeah, it was cool, and. Um, yeah, so, I mean, like, I, when I was at the Seattle Lessie Lady, I didn't even use a toy. I, I was, like I said, I was really new, and I guess I was nervous, and I didn't, it wasn't until after the Lessie Lady closed, there's Deja Vu on First Avenue mm-hmm. in Seattle, mm-hmm. and they have an adult superstore at the bottom level, and they have a strip club at the top, and they used to have a peep show in the back. But when I was there, they were only using the private pleasures booth. Okay. Which a lot of other places will call it a fantasy booth. Right. Now, yeah. Private pleasures with more just lusty lady. Yeah, how it was branded but, there. Um, okay. So, yeah, at Deja Vu, I started using a vibrator, and I don't know, I never even did it at the Seattle Lusty Lady. But So, yeah, you can, you can do what you want in the booth. I mean, there's some really weird customers that ask for weird stuff. Oh yes, you know, they all exist. I say pay more. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like when you first started, and because you had a no experience, and basically were starting from scratch, where where did you learn the ropes? Like, did you were the other were your other colleagues generous enough to help mentor you and kind of show you? Okay, this is like you know this is expected, or this is what you can do, or to give you tips and advice and stuff. Like, how how was the camaraderie because it sounds like you're still in touch with so many of your past colleagues which I think is really cool yeah um that's great I'm so glad you brought that up yeah the camaraderie at the Leslie lady is just something I'll never find in the sex industry ever again and it just makes you want to cry but what else can you do oh, you know? no. I mean when I was a showgirl video I got kind of close to one or two dancers. One of them I'm still really good friends with. Mm-hmm. She wishes to God she could go to the Lusty Lady, you yeah. know? <laughs> Dancing on the strip club. One of the girls there, I got really close to her. Mm-hmm. Me and her actually went and danced in South Dakota this last year. Oh, cool. She wishes to God she could go to the Lusty Lady, too. <laughs> but I mean... <laughs> Outside of the Lusty Lady, unfortunately, I feel like the sex industry is just this really... I don't know, scary lost place where you're just on your own and you're going to have to figure it out on your own. Mm. And no one's really going to help you because you're nothing but competition. Interesting. So why would someone help you? Really interesting. You know, and it's a really terrible, terrible situation. Like, I mean, one escort 
telling another escort, that guy's a bad day, you know? I mean, like, mm -hmm. something really terrible like that. But for mm -hmm. the most part, I find that a lot of, there's just a lot of camaraderie and a lot of trying to help other dancers at the Leslie Lady. That's good. I never saw that anywhere else. Wow. That's so, really surprising to other me. Other girls, yeah, they explained the peep show. I didn't do it for a long time because mm -hmm. I was nervous, scared, and I was like, I don't think I can do a peep show. <laughs> and people were like, I don't think you can masturbate. And I was like, I don't know. You know? <laughs> but so I finally got in the peep show, and other girls told me, they were like, okay, well, if you're going to do a toy show, it's an absolute minimum of $20. Mm -hmm. You know, um, it's, it's just basically the more they pay, the better the show gets. But don't ever feel like you have to do something that you don't want to do. Right. Because you don't. Yeah. You know, but like $20 is basic masturbation. You know, maybe a toy, you know, 30 or 40 or something. And mm -hmm. it, the bigger the toy, the more you charge. Right. So, and then like they did say, if you do an anal show, it's at least like probably $60 or Yeah. And um, when they just put 5 or $10 in, you just do a really quick strip show, but you don't touch it or anything. Right. You know, there was a little bit of, a, a tiny bit of competition mm. with the people, with the private pleasures. No, Nowhere near like a strip club. Okay. Because you're not hustling in front of other people. Mm -hmm. But the private pleasures booth could get a little bit competitive Okay. If, you know, like one girl said one time, well, I masturbate for $10. And then all the other girls were like, now you're making us have to masturbate for $10. <laughs> and so, but for the most part, I mean, the peep show can get competitive, but mm -hmm. you can just say, I don't talk about my peep shows. <laughs> you know what I yeah. Mean? I you can keep it to yourself. Do your own peep show. <laughs> yeah. Because every show but. is different. Every performer has their own thing. <laughs> You know, like that was a thing too. It was always yeah. a big thing on stage. They're like, you're not allowed to like criticize how somebody else dances, you know, unless yeah. they're like putting their fingers in their inner labia, you know, which is something they're not supposed to do. Right. Then unless they're breaking some rule, you can't criticize how some girl dances, you know. Right. And so that was a big thing too. That's really interesting. I feel like, at least with my experience, and everyone's experience is going to be different, but I found like there's like with strip clubs, at least here in Vancouver, it's been really nice. Honestly, like the camaraderie with the other dancers is something that I really genuinely miss about the clubs and like it being closed and stuff. Like you lose that a lot, but also in, within like the online sphere, I, I feel like some, like I'm in a lot of sex worker groups and I'm finding that they're generally pretty helpful, but sometimes I do, I do see the cattiness, but like, it's not as much as a non-sex worker would think. Cause I feel like civilians usually have this idea that we're all like really catty, but that's just hasn't been my personal experience. You're in Vancouver, Canada, right? Yeah. But we're nice so here in Canada. Canadians are nice. Right? I was just gonna say Canadians are really nice. So yeah, maybe whenever, that's I, whenever I see Canadian geese, I'm always like, "Well, <laughs> geese are mean. Canadians yeah. are nice and polite. So are you Canadian or are you geese?" <laughs> yeah. I like that. No, I don't. I mean, okay. I am very negative. Mm. I'm 39, and I kind of been in the sex industry a long time totally and i i do i hate the customers yes and and okay and honestly there is something wrong with me i attract bullies mm. people think oh i can bully her i can bully her you know and um so i don't know i guess the most bullyish stripper is definitely going to come up and try to bully me oh no i've had that experience at showgirl video a lot yeah. I, I had it in Guam a little bit. Honestly, in Guam, there was a lot of camaraderie. Yeah. And it was a strip club. Mm hmm But Guam, they had to run it like a real business. They had to, like, mm. you were paid $70 a day. Right. And they gave you a check every six days. That's how they, that's how it's supposed to be here in California now. Right, but yeah. California's like trying to figure out ways around it, and they're like, "No, we're going to keep your first eighty dollars." 
right. that you make lap dancing. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, I've so, heard about that. Like, you paid seventy dollars a day. That's seven hours of dancing, and then also you're making money from lap dancing and tips and mm-hmm. champagne rooms and all that and selling drinks and so yeah, maybe it was a little bit better in Guam because there was there was at least a paycheck. Yeah, at and least it wasn't have that. Some, way to, some way to try to screw you out of that paycheck, like they're trying to do in California now. Right. So, yeah, and that's definitely something. That's- we spoke about briefly on one of the episodes. If you listen back um, to season two with Jordan Kensley, we definitely talk about that. So if you're interested in hearing more about the legislation, the laws surrounding strip clubs in terms of like employee status versus independent contracting, it's a really interesting chat. So be sure to listen back to that if anyone is curious. Um, but I wanted to also, I also wanted to ask you about was there like you know how your patrons they would give you a five ten dollars twenty dollars whatever denomination does that coincide with a time as well like five dollars is going to be like 10 minutes or something or like yeah how does that work Um, good question yeah in the peep show in the fantasy booth or private pleasures booth whatever right like and, and this is a long time ago, so inflation, it would be more now. When I very first started <laughs> in 2006, at the Lessie Lady, $5 got you two and a half minutes. Okay. And that's a pretty low number, even for peep shows. Like, immediately afterwards, I went to the peep show in Deja Vu mm. that used to be there. Okay. And um, I think you paid $20 for eight minutes or something. Mm. And... Um, so, yeah, like, if you pay $10, I think you get five minutes at the Lessie Lady. This was back in 2006. Right. Then they raised it to $10. The girls complained enough, like, we are the cheapest girls in town. Yeah, come on. Come what does a customer expect for $5? <laughs> and uh, so, yeah, that I think that was, I think a showgirl video, it was like 10 minutes or something. You pay $20, you get 10 minutes. Interesting. And, um, yeah. Okay, okay. Thank you so much for sharing. So I was like, how does this, how does this work? Which is really interesting because I feel like, and we're going to, we're going to talk about this, um, really soon too, but it just sounds a lot like camming or like early stages of camming <laughs> before camming yeah. existed, right? So when like. the last video was closing, the Seattle one, one of the other girls was really into camming. Mm. And and she said that she says it's basically just like the private pleasures booth, yeah. except it's a laptop instead of an actual physical screen. Yeah, and the guy's not physically on the other side of the screen. You know what I mean? But yeah. Basically, it's all kind of the same thing, sort of. Yeah, like a but, really yeah. So other girls camming have told me that it's very, very, very similar. Yeah, like a the really... private pleasures booth. Yes. <laughs> but dancing on stage. I don't know if you could ever replicate that. I, I, no. I, I want to open up my own peep show where I'm like, I'll bring it into the 21st century. Yeah. And I'll make, like, you know, the girls dancing on stage. Maybe I'll have a webcam on stage. You can pay, like, a dollar, you know, for however a minute. I don't know, a dollar mm-hmm. a minute, and you can watch, like, girls dancing naked on stage. Maybe do it. One day live stream. Own peep show. Hey, you're going to have to keep us posted on that. <laughs> No, it's my lifelong dream. I don't know if I ever can do it. <laughs> well, thank you so much for bringing yeah, up like the whole camming the aspect as show, well. Oh, sorry. They just put it out on the machine. Window goes up. Yeah. You see dancing naked women, and I think it it stays up for like thirty seconds or. Well, the oh. Seattle Leslie Lady actual quarters. Oh wow! So like a quarter bought you like twenty seconds or thirty seconds. Oh wow! So the more quarters you keep feeding in there. And then by the time I got to the San Francisco Leslie lady, they're like, no, 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 no. We're not going to mess with quarters. You put a dollar in me. Yeah. You know, and it's like, come you on. You get like one minute or something, you know? Yeah. But, I mean, really interesting that you brought up like the, the whole quarters aspect, because obviously this is like a really old school thing because, and I forgot to even mention the history of peep shows in the beginning of the show. So I'm just going to pepper it in here right now. So peep shows, like, I mean, as you already have, we've already kind of explained what it is, but it's a live sex show or a pornographic film because there's also those types of uh, peep show booths as well, which just air, like, pornographic films 24-7. Um, but basically, they're viewed through, like, a viewing slot, so it's very, like, 
voyeuristic in in some ways and this was really um popularized back in the 1970s and this was like way 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 before a lot of a lot of my listeners were born before i was born and this is before like home video and like vhs was was a thing and like the way to view pornography so now as you can see it's shifting um and has shifted actually i wouldn't say it's shifting anymore because again a lot of these places are are lost now they're they're gone and they've lost it to um technology and and we were just talking about camming and how there's so so many similarities there between camming and peep shows um even down to the token aspect of camming i feel like that's like mm-hmm. quarters you know back in the yeah. day right that's i never thought of that but that's a really great point yeah like it's and it's um, very similar so speaking of the, the history like first avenue on seattle used to have a lot of peep shows it used to be like a really seedy part of town mm-hmm. now they've made it kind of risky glitzy or something i don't know but um <laughs> they're, they're like where deja vu it, they had a peep show it's because it used to be chance which was another peep show it was just like a bunch of peep shows, a bunch of, and, and peep show, like with the dancers and just like peep show porn theaters, like mm-hmm. what you were saying, that's how you could do it. And they didn't have a video. Right. And, and Times Square was like famous for yes. all these peep shows. Yes. Back in the day. Before Giuliani decided to clean it up, I yeah. guess. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's, it's so sad. It's, it's so sad. It's it's a completely different and digitized landscape nowadays. Yeah. Right? Totally. Like, have you ever... That's why I'm hoping, if I ever open up my own cheap show, like I said, I would like to try to bring it into the 21st century where it's like, okay, there's a live dance mm-hmm. where there's like 12 windows or 10 windows, whatever. And then maybe, you know, one of the windows could be webcam or something where you're like, you're putting money from your laptop i guess and then you get to watch the live show mm. from your house but it's a camera cool. on the live stage show and then maybe have a private pleasures booth and then have a tan booth just yeah or like i i hope i one day if all my dreams come true <laughs> that would be so cool like and again like like what we said uh earlier in the show too i mean like you can live stream it. a lot of places that are live streaming things nowadays in the midst of, of the pandemic. I mean, things are slowly opening up now, but like, again, like, as I mentioned early in the show, it would be, it would have been cool to see these come back because they would already be, um, like each booth would be like isolated already. You know, you're not having any type yeah. of contact. They have the plexiglass there. So it's like, this is already safe. <laughs> You would figure, could you would yeah. figure, but it seemed like, like, okay, I was working at Venus Fair, and they closed right before the pandemic. Right. And then, you know, okay, so my peep show career kind of, at first I was at the Leslie Lady mm-hmm. in Seattle uh, for four years, and then I went to Deja Vu, the peep show that was in the back, right. for like two years, and then a little bit of time I was at Fantasy Unlimited, which is another peep show that just now closed. But it was like, they they closed because of the pandemic. Oh. But why wouldn't you just stay open? Because this is perfect. Yeah, it just you like goes kind of You can like, hey, dead. you're not touching that guy. Yeah. You're not giving him a lot of plans. You're separated behind glass. Yeah, you're not breathing the same air. Like, <laughs> that's wild. No, yeah. I know. Oh, my but God. But I think... Fantasy Unlimited was on its last leg for a long time, mm. and they don't like Fantasy Unlimited and Deja Vu. A lot of the, a lot of these peep shows, they knew they were dying out, so they're like, oh well, let's just let it die out, and get what right. little bit of money we can on the way out. But they didn't want to like revamp it or like like me, like everything I was saying, you know, mm-hmm. like when I was at Showgirl Video, Showgirl Video closed in 2018, I think. Okay. I danced there in 2017. I mean, you've already got the thing there. Why don't you just use one of those booths for webcam? But no one wanted to invest time or money into doing it. Yeah. Which I thought was stupid. I wonder if it's just because of like, well, one, operating costs and overhead is so expensive. And like, maybe it's just like not worth it economically. I know like I read that the Lusty Lady closed 
due to the age of the internet basically with the rise in like free porn and uncamming as we said earlier as well too like okay, it, is so, that something you believe sorry, in are you talking about the lesson lady in seattle or san francisco seattle i think is what the one that i read and then okay. san francisco closed for a different so that's reason that's what i've read too yeah oh, the age of camming internet blah 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 yeah but i there's something okay my best friend I know her from the Lusty Lady. She mm-hmm. danced there 10 years until it closed. I danced for four years until it closed. Yeah. Oh, we talked about this subject all the time. You yeah. Know, that was our job. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But, like, there's... And, and her husband worked there, too. Oh, no way. He wasn't, like, a Lusty lad or anything. He's like, working up front, the receptionist, whatever. But, like, we've all said there's something else going on. Because, supposedly, they kicked us out of the Lusty Lady in Seattle because we couldn't pay the rent. Oh. Okay. That same building has sat there empty ever since. What? Yeah. Mm. So mm. they kick us out. Okay. If that's the case, why don't you just lower the rent and then you're making at least something out of us? You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. But just kicking us out and now the building's sitting there empty and no one's doing anything. You know, they're not making no money off that building. Right, that's really interesting. That's why I was like curious to be like, do you believe in this statement? Do you think this is a front? Or like, I mean, I agree. I agree with some parts of it. Yeah, like a lot of people, and that's not another reason why strip clubs are dying oh, yeah. out too. Like strip I clubs are disappearing. With a lot of it. Yeah, like what you're saying. Like when I when I talked with Deborah, that was the manager at the Seattle SD lady. Mm-hmm. When I very first started, the walls had all these you know pictures of these beautiful porn stars from back in the eighties. Big names, big, big names. Mm. I was like, who are these people, you know? And they're like, oh, well, she came and worked at this peep show for blah, blah, blah. You know, because back then people would come to a peep show. If you say, you know, I can't remember any of the names now. Oh, that's okay. <laughs> if you say Marilyn Chambers is going to be at this Seattle Lusty Lady, then all the customers would come. But nowadays, I guess it just doesn't have that pull that it used to. Right. I mean, well, times have changed as well, as, as I mentioned earlier, with the history, too. Like, this is something that was originated in the 1970s, and it's something that's, you know, maybe it's phasing out. But then, and as I was trying to say earlier, too, um, this is also another reason why strip clubs are starting to disappear as well. Like, there has been so many strip clubs that have shut down in the past few years, and with no plans of reopening but like i just wonder if live performance ship in general is just dying out because people are it's so sad i'm so sad i don't want to think about it <laughs> oh, it'll make you cry if you think about it what stage are we gonna dance on yeah, I know. It's really sad. And, like, I mean, another reason that I saw, too, and I just think it's – I don't really fully believe in this because I haven't seen the statistics, but, like, when I was researching on the topic, too, like, they were moving um, – moving, removing a lot of peep show venues because they found there was increased crime in the surrounding neighborhoods. I mean, generally, these venues are usually found in, like, seedy areas. You know, but yeah. do, can they blame it fully on peep shows? I don't think they could fully blame it because, yeah. oh, you know what? Like, it just it just happens to be, like, maybe the clientele or the people that are in those neighborhoods. They just, maybe it's so well, neck. I think that mm. really always pissed me off about that is, and I felt like they did it to peep shows first. Now I guess they're doing it to strip clubs. I, I, I don't know. Yeah. But, like, they have all these laws on where you can open a peep show. And, right. like, they, they just, they want to... I don't know how I should say it. Outlaw you until you can't do it. Mm. Like you try to open a peep show and they're just going to make all these laws on you mm-hmm. until it's ridiculous. You can, like, for example, the last peep show that I worked at, Venus Fair here in L.A., mm-hmm. um, they made a law that um, you can't lock the door. What? Or but they, they also made a law when you go in, there has to be a window in the door. So that way you can watch the guy in the booth. Right. Because technically he's not supposed to be jacking off, I guess. Technically. They would technically. Only say, hey, you're not supposed <laughs> to do a toy show in the private pleasures booth or the fantasy booth. Right. Venus. 
So they kept making all these rules and making all these rules. And like they, they made the doors there. They said, you can only have half doors in peep shows. Mm-hmm. They did that to the last lady. And so they're making all these laws to make it to where it's like impossible to do it. You know what I mean? Yeah. And yeah. so I think the big problem with the peep shows is they would only give them one little place that they could build a peep show anyways. Mm-hmm. So you, I guess, punish them. Oh my God, your neighborhood's so terrible. And it's like, that's the only place you would allow me to open a peep show. Right. So you can't blame me that I opened this peep show in a bad area. That was the only area you'd let me open it. Yeah, that's the only place you can operate. So Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, it leaves you with little to no options, right? Or or just don't open one. And I think that's just that they're they're just pushing, you know, possible entrepreneurs in that direction, right? Like... Just the yeah. removal of sex work in general, which is another big topic, but <laughs> yeah. another topic there. My best friend Heather that I, I told you about, mm-hmm. her her husband used to work there up front and she was a dancer there for ten years. Mm-hmm. They always said, you know, the one place that a peep show today would work would be Las Vegas on the strip. And mm-hmm. they always say, because so much foot traffic. There is so a lot of much foot traffic. Foot traffic. Right. But Las Vegas on the Strip won't let you open a peep show. They make, you're not supposed to have a strip club on the Strip in Vegas. Like, I guess they, they made this, like, cowgirl review thing where they're trying to, like, skirt all these laws or something. And then they had that Thunder from Down Under. I think that was supposed to be a male strip show. But but they're having to do all these ways to try to skirt all these laws. Because they want to, they want to make the strip clean, so to speak, and it's got to be family friendly. And right. So yeah, I mean, my best friend and her husband said that would be the one place I would open a peep show there. I would open a peep show there. Vegas mm-hmm. Strip isn't gonna let you do that. <laughs> you know? That's unfortunate, so, right? Yeah, unfortunate. Yeah. I mean, it's it's just it's sad. I mean, but it's also really nice that you could reminisce and the great memories that you've had and and for you to come on the show and speak about your experience yeah. in this, you know? <laughs> I think that's really beautiful as well. So No, I'm I'm pretty grateful for my time at the lady. Yeah. And like And also even the other mm. peep shows, like my time wasn't super great at Fantasy Unlimited. Mm. But I keep seeking peep shows out. Yeah. <laughs> like, whatever last one, I will go there, you know? Totally. However far I have to travel. But, like, Showgirl Video could be a little bit more like a strip club. But yet I still met some pretty amazing people that I haven't had an amazing time there still. Yeah. I'm just, I'm yeah. so happy I found you. <laughs> we were able to connect on yeah. this. Because again, it's like something I find so fascinating. And like, I've just never had the opportunity to, to do an episode on this because I couldn't find anyone. <laughs> I was like, who'd be open to speaking about this? And I found you. So, <laughs> well, yeah. Erica Langley could come on and talk to you about her book. Yeah. She did the book about the Lessie lady in Seattle. Yes, that's it's brilliant. A photographer, journalist, I guess, or whatever. Yeah. And then there's another book out out as well by Elizabeth Eves called Bear on Woman Dancing, Sex and Power. There's also a documentary um, that you sent me the link to um, for The Lusty Lady as well and in terms of like how it became unionized and how it became a workers collective, which is really cool, but we don't have enough time to talk about and that <laughs> I would love to interview the person who did that too. So <laughs> it's, it's, a, okay, it's a cool topic. So I- spent four years at the Seattle Lusty Lady. Mm-hmm. I only spent like three months at the San Francisco Lusty Lady up until it closed. Yeah. So the San Francisco one was the unionized one. Right. They made that documentary about San Francisco Lusty Lady. Yes. So if you watch the documentary, it's specifically the San Francisco Lusty Lady and how they got unionized and stuff. Right. But the book is specifically the Seattle Lusty Lady. Okay. Good to know. But yeah yeah i'll be I sure mean, to like plug those links and the books and also the name of the documentary which escapes me right now but i'll plug it in the show notes so pe- if people are interested oh, they yeah. can i think it's live nude girls unite right yes that's what it was i was like yeah. something unite i'm like what is it <laughs> yeah i think it's live nude girls unite yeah i mean i mean after after your work at the lusty lady and all of these 
peep show venues. I, I'm curious to see, like, what are you doing now? Are, are you still in sex work? I know that you do have an OnlyFans, but... And I also... We, we chatted briefly before recording, but you also mentioned that you, you do stand-up comedy as well, which I thought is really cool. <laughs> yeah, maybe next time I'll play some stand-up. Yeah. But basically, my stand-up, I mean, I, I wasn't, I barely do it. I, I can't even call myself stand-up comedian anymore. Mm. But I did it for a few years. Oh, cool. And basically, it was all about stripping. It's like, hello, my name yes. is Sunshine. I used to be a stripper. And then I would kind of tell all these jokes. Um, for a long time, I would just talk about all the stereotypes people had about strippers. Yes. And either, like, if it, if I can prove it right in a funny way, okay, or if I can disprove it in a funny way, okay. Totally. And, I like um, that. And, and then, as I, I, I got older, I just got more angry. <laughs> and so then <laughs> I just started talking about the customers I hated. <laughs> but I, I was still capable of making it funny. So that was good. That's good content. <laughs> it's good content for sure. <laughs> yeah, yeah. When I was in Guam, I got to open for Josh Blue. Okay. And that, he won last comic standing. Oh, cool. Fine. Yeah, that was pretty awesome. Yeah. So I did a 10-minute set about being a stripper. And I was dancing at G-Spot at the time in Guam. Yeah. It was cool. Are you still doing anything currently right now with sex work or, or where are you at really, right now? Really nothing. That's okay. Really nothing. I, I mean, I'm on sexy jobs trying to find jobs, but most <laughs> of them are scams. Yeah. Lots um, of them are scams. Gotta I, be careful. My last job was, um, I, I worked for Dr. Susan Block. I was her on-camera assistant. Oh, cool. And then, so she's a sex therapist, and she has a yes. show every Saturday night. Yes. And so, like, I was on, I was working on her show, and um, so then I was taking sex calls, too, during the week. You can, like, take calls from customers that come. It's basically, oh. what do you, I guess you call it sex call. Cool. So I was doing that. Yeah, I know. I, I'm cool. always so fascinated by this really antiquated stuff in the sex industry. I'm like, let me find that. What is that? You know, like, <laughs> it's like I read, I don't know if the Corona apocalypse killed it, but like, um, <laughs> there's three taxi dancing places in LA, and I'm like, hey, oh. that's like sex work from the 1930s or something, you know? Yeah. And so I kept trying to get a job there, but I, I never really, I don't know. I've, I've just been coasting on unemployment for my catering, basically. Mm. <laughs> all good. It's all good. Yeah. I, guess. I have a mini vids and I have an OnlyFans. Yes. I barely have anything on OnlyFans. I really should, like, start doing something there. Yeah, I'll, but, I'll be um, sure to plug, like, all of your links at the end of the show. There's just a couple of questions that came in um, for Q&A, so oh, awesome. let's pivot over there. So, and I guess this is a question. Um that's similar to, I guess, how we met on that that uh, sex worker group. But um, are there any peep shows left in America that you know of? Question. I keep looking. Yeah. I don't know. Last I heard, um, there was one in San Diego. Oh. What's that place called? La Jolla? La Jolla? Oh, La Jolla? La Jolla? La Jolla. Yeah. It's called La Jolla Cinema. Okay. And it had survived right up until Corona Apocalypse, but I I, I think they might have died now. Darn. And um, everybody keeps telling me there's one in Minneapolis. Really? And I keep trying so hard to find them. Mm -hmm. And they... They, they won't have an online presence. Right. So that's what makes me say, you guys just want to die because you refuse to have an online presence. <laughs> like, um, so there's one in Minneapolis. They told me there's one in Maine, but I just heard that once. I, I don't know if it's still there or not. Right. When I lived in Japan, there's one in Tokyo. Okay, yeah. It's called TS, which I don't know. It's not, it's not transsexual, so I don't know why it's called TS, but it's like TS... Mm. I don't know. TS Cinema, I guess. <laughs> and, um, I mean, they're just, they're, I, I heard there's there's uh, one or two in Europe. Yeah. I mean, would, would the Red Light District count as peep shows then? Like in Amsterdam? Um, or would that be a different I, I think category? I think there's one in Amsterdam, one or two. 
see, this is something that really frustrates me. I get irritated about it, but mm-hmm. I guess I shouldn't. But <laughs> like, people, they don't know what a peep show is, and so they just call anything a peep show. Right. They're like, oh, webcam, that's a peep show. No. It's like, no, that's a webcam. No, that's, yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> I mean, we did talk about how it's so similar, but. But they're different. It's not. They're different. Like, would would yeah. would the red light district in Amsterdam be a peep show? Because it's. I, I, I think it's there. the red light district where you can go, you know, get escorts or it, it's just it's a place with a bunch of sex work businesses. I think. Yeah. And I think the one peep show hanging on in Amsterdam. Maybe. Yeah, like. Well, how I would define it, like, for me, again, this voyeuristic type of entertainment, like, they do have areas and, like, very famous sections of the red light district where, you know, women are dancing in the windows, and you can walk and pay a fee, a few euros, and then they can give you that private show, similar to what we had here in the private booths, the private pleasure booths. So, I feel like it's similar, but... Whoever's listening, correct me if I'm wrong, or maybe if you know someone from Amsterdam that you want to connect me with, like, again, the show, to, like, set the record straight, I'd love that. <laughs> I think there's one or two peep shows left in Times Square. Oh. I mean, Giuliani really cleaned, cleaned it, it out. Yeah. His, I'm going to sanitize Times Square. Yes. But I think there's, like, maybe one left. Okay. Okay. So if anyone's interested, because I know they're going to New York, so I'm going to go see it. <laughs> yeah. Please, like, let, I'm going let me to know. New York, June 21st, and I'm going to go meet two lefties, and I'm going to say, hey, let's go to the Peep Show on Times Square. <laughs> yeah. Where are they at? So <laughs> we'll have to report back. <laughs> yeah. And I guess the last question here is, uh, have you been to any Peep Shows in other parts of the world? And it sounds like you have, because you went to the one in Japan. So. I, I didn't get to go to that one. Oh, you didn't. To, Darn. I was, I was living at the bottom of Japan. I was living in Kyushu. Okay. I mean, everything's just different in Japan. Yeah. A lot of times they won't let you into a Japanese, Japanese business unless you're Japanese. Yeah, that like, is also true. So if you're a gaijin, which means a foreigner, yeah. and you're like, hey, I want to see the peep show. They're like, no. No. I was dating this one Japanese guy at the time. I was like, let's take a trip to Tokyo and see if we can go. I'm with you, so you can show me, right? Right. Darn. No, I didn't get... I just kept reading about it. Okay, well, good to know. I mean, the world's opening up again, so maybe we'll have to make a visit out to Tokyo. (laughs) Lots of great... Oh, man, there's, like, so many great sex things over there, too, in Tokyo, so... Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> okay well this is the time of the show where i ask you where can we find you okay so um i i guess i should recommend my only fans which is um i mean i have a little bit of stuff yeah on only fans i'm at eileen morno's x Mm-hmm. It's spelled differently than the real Eileen Warnos. It's spelled at E-I-L-E-E-N-W-O-U-R-N-O-U-S-X. Yeah. And on many vids, I got a lot more stuff on many vids. I'm Eileen Warnos there too. E I L E E N W O. U R N O U S. Perfect. And then I don't know. What I should I give my IG? What should I give? Yeah, up <laughs> to you. It? Whatever you feel comfortable, like your IG, your Twitter, if you have a website, anything that you would like to market, I'm happy to post out here and post in the show notes. So <laughs> I do have Eileen Warnos on Twitter, but I kind of send I, I stay away from Twitter because I feel like it's just there for political arguments. But you know, on <laughs> IG, too. I'm. Sunshine McWayne. Yes. M-C-W-A-N-E. <laughs> and that's the real me. That's the real you. And it was so nice to chat with you, Sunshine, on this episode. Thank you so much for for just letting us know, you know, and sharing your experience of peep shows and what that was like. And, you know. Thank you. I wish I could tell you more. I, I wish know. I could tell you more. <laughs> I really Maybe think I'll it's... see if Erica Langley can come on and she could talk about the, the book. Yeah, that would be awesome. 
I would have to read it first, so <laughs> I have oh, to do yeah, my yeah. research. Okay. Yeah, but I think that would be great. And I just, I love how passionate you are about peep shows. Even now, like, I'm going to go to New York and, you know, we're going to just try to find the other peep shows out there. I think that's really, really <laughs> cool. So, again, keep me posted on what you find. <laughs> For sure. And it is new episodes every single Sunday. It's Strip by Sia on Instagram. It's also Strip by Sia on Twitter as well. Or my personal um, on Instagram. It's Sia Steph if you want to get at me. And we'll catch everyone in for a new episode next Sunday. Bye. Thank you so much. Bye. You're listening to Strip by Sia, hosted, produced, and edited by Steph Sia, artwork by Maria Bellandorama, music by Ted D, and photography by Ian Davern.